0: welcome to the antler up podcast brought to you by spartan forge black rifle coffee company is a veteran-owned coffee company serving premium coffee to people who love america fall is upon us and there's no better way to get fueled up before a hunt than with some black rifle coffee coffee legitimately tastes better after a day in the woods or after a successful hunt fuel your next adventure and purchase at www.blackriflecoffee.com and use code antler at checkout to save 20% off your purchase and or with your first coffee club subscription black rifle coffee Also, just want to say a big thank you to our partners over at America's Best Bowstrings, hand-built in the USA since 2006. Amazing customer service, awesome quality and performance. Their Platinum Series Strings are what we all run on our bows. We absolutely love them. Go and create a custom set today at americasbestbowstrings.com. Before we get into this episode, let's thank our partners over at Shea Butler Knives. And Shay makes custom everyday carry knives with the Rhino and Pursuit. His Ranger and Whitetail and Featherlight knives are amazing for anything, but especially out in the field. Shea's creativity, high quality materials, functional but unique designs, coupled with his precise leatherwork, make products that will last a lifetime. Check them out over at SheaButlerKnives.com. Our friends over at Half Rack just released some awesome gear, and they were great enough to give our listeners 10% off their order. All you have to do is click on the link in the podcast bio or the link on our link tree on Instagram, and that will give you your percentage off at checkout. So get some of the highest quality hunting and outdoor accessories that will help you prosper in the field. Half Rack is aiming to be mindful of the past, conservation conscious, and evolve into the future. Before we get into this episode, I want to share with you a few discount codes that will help you save some money and get ready for the upcoming hunting season. The Elk Collective is the virtual elk hunting resource with tons of videos and information to get you ready to chase elk this upcoming season. Use code podcast and save $30 today at theelkcollective.com. Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly innovative and science-based products that saves the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. New things are on the horizon, so use code ANTLERUP to save 25% off your Spartan Forge membership at spartanforge.ai. Thanks to our partners over at Tether. Tether makes premium saddle gear by saddle hunters for the saddle hunter. They just drop some new gear like the MVP, which can turn your saddle into a two panel or just a more rigid back support and also some new suspenders. So if your saddle tends to sag, grab a pair and both items are retrofitted. So it doesn't matter what saddle or brand you have, they're going to work. Check them out at tethernation.com. what's up everybody welcome back to another episode of the antler up podcast we are on episode 94 and on today's episode dimitri and i have brad luttrell on the show who is the ceo and co-founder of the go wild app we dive into this conversation about how the app is about building a community among outdoor enthusiasts and its awesome features from the trail mix where you can ask questions or reply to questions connect with people within your area, the store, and a bunch more of the app features. We also talk about why he wants to try out saddle hunting and where he sees the benefit for his hunting style and a whole lot more. What I thoroughly enjoyed about this conversation is just how down to earth Brad is and how easy this conversation just flowed. So sit back, enjoy this fun episode, antler up. Brad Latrell, co-founder and CEO of Go Wild, is on right now. Brad, thank you so much for coming on and taking the time out of your busy schedule. I, I mean, I know co-founder CEO of Go Wild app, some big things that obviously right now we just got done talking before we went live about the rewards, which is a piece that I've really liked since I've joined and uh, started kind of re, kind of I guess rekindling uh, my whole Go Wild app experience. Uh, so, Brad, thank you for coming on, man.
1: Yeah. Thanks guys. Appreciate you having me here. And I always love to get, get a chance to talk a little bit of hunting, a little bit of startup life and whatever happens in between. Absolutely. Well, that's, you know, I think
0: this is a great, a great time that we could talk about a bunch of different things. I know right now when this airs, will be, uh, getting ready for Halloween. And, uh, so right in the thick of things, So most people, if they already, um, uh, Putting the weeks and then you have some people across the nation that they're just, you know, getting into the woods because they don't like hunting that early middle October yeah. and all that type of stuff. So, you know, we could talk about a bunch of different things. Well, the first thing that I guess that we want to cover, Brad, just quickly, if you want, just do a little quick introduction of, you know, where you grew up and, you know, that type of ordeal. And we could get into more than a go wild app and then we could talk about some, some hunting
1: stuff. Yeah, man. Uh, so I, I grew up in Southeastern Kentucky. I grew up in Appalachia right in the Cumberland gap. So a lot of people are, they know who Daniel Boone is, but they, they, uh, you know, most people don't know the whole story of Daniel Boone, which is fascinating if you've never read it, but the Cumberland gap is is where his family hold up on, on, uh, you know, looking for a passage through the Appalachian mountains in, in Eastern Tennessee and, and, uh, Kaintuck was was the promised land it was the land of game but it was also incredibly dangerous at the time with native Amer- uh, a lot of Native American tribes that lived in that area and and the white man was the enemy and and rightfully so in a lot of cases but I'm from that area so there's a lot of great heritage and history in, in those uh in those mountains and i'm really proud of where I'm from and I grew up just on the cusp of pre-internet so I, I remember the first time I used the internet in school, I remember exactly the computer I was sitting at in the library. The first time we really used it in school, I think it was like fourth grade and, uh, it was cool. It was like, uh, you know, you could, you could look up something in encyclopedia, right? I'm like, Oh, this is, this is neat. It's kind of the, but, but w- the reason I bring that up is because I grew up not in the tablet age, not in the, the. The age of really any amount of instant entertainment. We grew up playing outside, man. Yeah. I, I grew up uh I, I've crashed every pretty much every size four-wheeler from a 50 up to a 450. I think is uh the the one my my family currently has. Like we just rode everything, gave it hell all the time. I've crashed through fences, trampolines, <laughs> uh over ridges. Like that that's what we did growing up. And I, I fished a lot. But my dad was a casual angler, you know, uh, very much a bank fisherman. And I started hunting when I was um, uh, about 13. That's, that's when dad decided to get me into it. And I never really, I liked it, but we just didn't do it a lot for whatever reason. And I think it was probably because at that time, my dad was going through a lot of work changes and got a promotion. And, um, you know, we just didn't get into it as much as uh, he probably would have even liked to. But after, so I went to university of Kentucky, I get a journalism degree, fast forward through all of that. And, and what happens to a lot of people is you get, you know, you miss your roots and you know, I moved to uh, um, the big city, which is funny now, but like I went to uh, Lexington and then moved to Memphis after that. And it's like, this is so different than where I grew <laughs> up, which was like, I was born two hours from an interstate and and grew up an hour from an interstate. Like, and, and again, pre-internet. So it's like, it was very, very remote. And, and like, there's a reason those accents are so thick. A lot of people ask me like why I don't have as thick of an accent. And, and usually after like a couple beers, you might hear it or, or as my wife would tell, tell you like when I call my mamal, uh, she's like, Oh boy, here it comes. Um, you know, but, uh, it's kind of funny cause I, I figured out like really quickly in college. And I'm kind of embarrassed about it now, but like figured out really quickly in college that it was, um, a bit of a barrier in that people really couldn't even understand what I was saying. Like, I remember asking a dude, like, where's the ice machine? He's like, I have no idea what you're talking <laughs> about right now. I'm looking for the ice machine. Right. Um, so, so I, I move out and I get lonesome from my roots and, uh, you know, started wanting to, you know, my whole family had hunted up, up until, uh, me really like, uh, my dad did it all growing up and, um, was small game hunter. And I just really thought I would like whitetail and, and, um, I, I, got to try whitetail hunting with, um, uh, a family friend and I thought I was getting good at it, but actually I was just hunting with somebody that was good at it, which is different. And so when I stopped being able to hunt with this guy, I realized I sucked. I mean, I sucked, sucked. I didn't know how to do anything. I didn't know where to set up. I didn't know how to scout. Everything I thought I knew, uh, was really just a facade. So start this three year period of me hunting and getting skunked. Like, I remember one year I was like, I'm going to crush it. I'm, I've I'm so ready. I hunted public land down there, which is tough anyways. In that particular spot, it's really pressured during gun season, which I didn't, I'd never shot a bow at that point. And, uh, so it was like peak season pressure and I hunted like 12 days and I didn't see a deer and I'm like, this is awful, dude. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. It's very clear. I don't know what I'm doing. So then I, 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 again, you know, start doing all this research online and, and this is kind of where everything comes to a head for go Wild. This is, um, 2016, I was putting in time, like really dedicating myself to learning how to hunt whitetail, reading magazines, trying to figure stuff out online. And I'm like, it is, and I, I was, I should say that like, I, I, I had a journalism degree. I, my career has been a series of pivots. I did PR for a while. I, I quit that. I had a wedding photo agency for a while, believe it or not. Um, I, I, did, uh, I worked for newspapers and magazines and I ended up in advertising and I had been doing that for about six years at the time I ended up quitting when I'd been seven years in. And, and so I was, I had a lot of background in web design and, and branding and digital marketing. And, um, I'm, I'm looking at these, these websites where hunting conversations were happening. I'm like, dude, this stuff is terrible. Like how do people find anything on here? This, this website looks like it was designed in 2000 and yeah. it probably was, and, and the thing that um, you guys know and anybody that talks to somebody else that is in a different region is how different everybody hunts. And so when I'm in Kentucky hunting public land in Appalachia, rolling hills, high pressure, it's a totally different scenario than the forums I'm reading on Texas where they're hunting with corn and there's cacti. And I'm like, dude we don't have cacti. What what am I supposed to do with that information? Right. So, um, that experience in itself made me really start to think about like, how is there not a better place to do this? And, um, a funny part of my background, I I had gotten fired from my first ad agency. I worked at because I had a side hustle, which just means I was trying to start a company on the side and they found out about it and fired me. And so I, I went to my next one. I was like, look, at some point I'm going to quit and start my own company. I don't know what it'll be. So I had spent five years really knowing that I was going to do something. And when I started seeing this problem, my, my wheels started turning. And then I had this thought that, that really kicked off the whole thing of, um, you know, I, I was, I was again, it's 2016. So if, you, if your brain can work back that far, this is Trump Hillary election. At the time we would have said, this is the nastiest time in social media history I think now we'd all agree that was 2020. Um, uh, but at the time I was just like, oh my God, man, everybody hates everybody. Uh, if I even get a deer, am I going to post it? Like, is it, Cause you know, I would posted before and gotten flack from people. Uh, oh, you feel like a man now that kind of stuff. And it's yep. like, you know, it's just more hassle than it's even worth. And you end up posting it and a bunch of people that don't even appreciate hunting or are, are seeing it. And so all of this kind of combined at like one moment. And I remember where I was standing in the field when it hit me and I'm like, dude, I'm going to, I'm going to go build a place where you can talk about hunting and, and fishing and whatever you want with other people that get it. And so, uh, you know, to, to wrap up like a little bit, this is like Brad's life in a nutshell and in like four and a half minutes. But I mean, that's basically, you know, grow, grow, how growing up impacted what we ended up doing with go wild. You know, we started the whole thing from there, put together a team and we took $500 from that old wedding photo agency. I forgot to shut down the bank account and I'm like, well we're going to take this money that I forgot I even had and see if we can start a company with it. So, (laughs) and then, you know, flash forward, uh, what is that? Five years, you know, five years later, which I think makes this the longest I've ever stuck with any one thing, uh, you know, uh, now, uh, so, so it's, it's, you know, become a totally different thing than I think I really even started off to do, but it's been a fun ride, dude. Dude, that's
0: really awesome. And I think your passion, your drive, because you just wanted to be with, in on something that you actually enjoyed i think that's the number one thing being a teacher i try to teach these kids i'm you know whatever you decide to do outside of because i'm high school I'm like just make sure you like it and you like enjoy it and if whatever that is like it may mean you don't go to college right away that may that may mean to go to trade school go do get something like that uh so man i'm a
1: huge advocate for trades yep Uh, you know, I did, I did journalism because I really loved storytelling and, and thought that's what I wanted to do with my life. And what's funny is I ended up doing, I was shooting business portraits for like the D section on page two in black and white. And it was going to be like a two inch portrait of somebody. I'm like, I hate this. This is nothing like what I thought I was going to do. I mean, at one point I thought I was gonna be a war photographer and I ended up shooting like crappy business portraits to run in black and white tucked in 40 pages deep in a newsprint. And this was keep in mind, this was like more than a decade ago, which is why I say I was shooting for print. Um, (laughs) But, you know, the at the at the time, um, you know, I, I was like, this isn't what I wanted. And now, like, I look at what we get to do every day and I'm like, dude, I'm I get to be I have the greatest storytelling job in the world because I get to help one of the most persecuted audiences on social media. Like nobody wants our content on there from Silicon Valley. They're all every, they're building in every AI automation they can to keep our content off their platforms. I mean, good luck posting a gun on TikTok. Yeah, you know, um, YouTube's demonetizing all of our content. So our creators have no incentive to make it anymore. Facebook, I mean, I think everybody knows what's wrong there. And Instagram, it gets censored immediately. Like it's They put up the scarlet letter of censored content on us. Uh, so I get to have like, the greatest joy of storytelling, which is helping that audience share freely and connect with other people. Right.
0: And now over the years, since you started it, you've grown so much with added features to it. Like you just talk about the rewards, but I mean, you added the Garmin feature, you know, how many of us, you know, outdoorsmen have, you know, a lot of us use Garmin. So it makes sense to partner up with, with a company like that. And then, Mm you know, now too, you could buy gear from, from your site, you know, from the app. And, you know, so run down like to how that has evolved. Like, so not only are we able to, as outdoorsmen uh, and women to go out there and and share our content without it being quote unquote, judged, I'm judged. I love going on there every day and just seeing what other people are doing. And there's all these different categories. It's not just, you know, deer hunting, you could look up, you know, podcasts, you could look up fishing, you could look up small game, you could look up all these different categories. So, you know, it's like, hey, I you know, I showed one of my kids the other day about small game. Like it was cool because I'm not a big small game hunter, but I was like, hey, look at this. Like, you know, I was showing them some people out what they're doing out, you know, in Pennsylvania because that's where we're from and yeah. what they're doing. So
1: it's really neat. Yeah, dude. I mean, I've never trapped before, but I find it really interesting. And I yeah, I mean, we have I I'm I think this is true. If you know it's not true, tell me but I think we have the most active forum on trapping in the world. Like, I don't know of another forum that is more <laughs> active on trapping. Like it's amazing. You go into that into there and uh, you you would think it's a bunch of old, like stodgy white guys that are like 70 years old that are out there. It's not, man. There's a whole young audience of men and women. I mean, we have a, some, some women trappers who, I'm like, oh my gosh, she is a badass. You know, it's like you see what they're doing, and <laughs> right. and it's amazing. And um, you know, it, it's it's really cool because you can go as deep down the rabbit hole on those forums as you want to, and the so I'll I'll, to, I'll I'll go back to your question, which is like, what is it? So it's a social media platform. We operate more similar to a Reddit. If anybody's familiar with Reddit, it's not an Instagram. It's not a Facebook. I I really, I I won't be mean to you if you say this, but like, I don't like people calling it Facebook for the outdoors. Um, There's been plenty of attempts to do that and they failed. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I used to have a folder of about 40 of them from, from over the years. And I don't say that to brag. I say that to point out like why going out and trying to copy one of the, the most successful in terms of growth. Um, If we talk long enough, I'll share a lot of my gripes about Facebook and I think it's a, a toxic platform. But you cannot deny no product has ever touched more people in history. Uh, the, 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 there are billions of people on that product. So to think that me, with my funding and my small team of 13 people, or we're going to go out and rebuild something that has billions of people. You know, I, I think they got to be getting close to like 70,000 employees at this point. Uh, they make 20 some billion dollars a quarter. You know, you can't do it. It's just stupid. I mean, I I just tell you, if you think you're going to go build Facebook for the outdoors, you're not thinking straight. You have to, uh, Peter Thiel, who is the co-founder of PayPal has this philosophy that if you're going to do anything, you got to do it 10 X better than whoever's doing it right now. So if you think you can 10 X Facebook at Facebook's own game, you're stupid. Like you're just not going to be able to do that. So, so we, we, we love that book by Peter Thiel, um, uh, I think it's a great book on how to build a great product. It's called Zero to One. And um, we decided up front that the, trying to build a, a platform that is dependent on friends is the surest way we'll fail. Uh, because the, the, the really the value in what hunting is, is connecting with people that you may not know, but who know more about what you want to do. And you can learn from them, you know, mm-hmm. um, we all want to get better at whatever our outdoor pursuits are. And so we've got about 70 different pursuits, uh, in the platform and we call them trails. They're basically forums and you know, it's everything from beekeeping to trapping to mule deer, to elk, whatever it is. Um, we are careful about not adding too many and, uh, people get mad about that sometimes, but the pro- they're like, well, why don't you have Tennessee whitetail hunters, And it's like, well, because if we do that, we're limiting your knowledge uh, to be able to tap into whitetail hunters in Kentucky who are, let's be honest there, like that, that region difference is still valuable. Mm -hmm. And so instead of doing regional trails, what we have is an added layer on top of the trails. I don't know if you guys have seen this on the platform, but the, one of the coolest features I think we've ever done is if you go into deer hunting and, and when you're looking at that trail, you can hit at the top, right. There's a near me. Uh, that button that will um, pull in the content near you. So I just did this. And now I'm, I'm now looking at uh, Megan from Indiana. She just logged uh, her best archery deer ever. I can see get lucky outdoors just tagged a a doe last night. I can see the whitetail content people are posting. Like it's all within, I think, I think we do 150 miles of your current location or uh, your state. So, so, you know, you have this really powerful tool to be able to connect to people near you to learn from. And, you know, it's on you to ask questions of them and talk to them. You got to put a little work in, you know, I mean, I I can't make you a better hunter without you trying, but um, I don't know of a better way to reach more people in your area from the couch. You know uh, we've, we've really thoughtfully constructed that to take followers out of the equation. You know, you guys have probably noticed on the profile, like we don't highlight your followers anymore. We used to, and we kind of realized that was a copycat game. Mm-hmm. It's not like we're trying to hide it. It's just pointless because you, you tap, you're tapping into a forum. So if I post tonight, like I posted yesterday, uh, that I went hunting log my time on deer hunting and that goes in and anybody that's following that forum, can find that content, so it's that's where I make the comparison to Reddit. You know, it's it's a it's a Reddit play in that you can see, uh, you know, hunt deer hunting alone has eighty three thousand people following it. You can and all these numbers are public. You can go in and see all this stuff on the top when you tap in. So you know, uh, when, when you get into that trail hunt, hunting has one hundred twenty eight thousand people following it. So so you have a chance to get in front of all these people that are participating in that, that forum. And let's be honest, guys, like most people have 150 Instagram followers. You know, you, you're, we're actually enabling you to reach a lot more people. People get in this head game. They're like, well, 125,000 people. That's not very many compared to Facebook. And it's like, yeah, but I mean, who has that kind of reach unless you're the hunting public or Steven Rinella, you know, most of us can't go out and reach that kind of people, which is why on our platform, you'll see um, people post their, their first trophy and what happens? You see, seven eight nine twelve comments on their posts because you get real engagement from people so okay. um, you know the, the, that that's the content itself so I, I took longer explaining that than all oh, the man, other features perfect. because it's 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 important to understand you don't have to work come in and post it you can post a question on the platform so if you when you're posting if you mark it as a question for the community what we do is we say all right Brad posted a question in camping. Who's who's in camping that we think could help Brad answer this question. Brad's looking for a light. Let's say that and it'll send out push notifications or notifications to um, all of the people that we find relevant. We're not going to harass people, Mm -hmm. but we try to get you answers. So, I mean, it's like, again, super unique to us trying to do something that's 10 X better than anything else we thought was out there. So that's some of the social functionality. Um, You know, we have a trophy log that gets you points. The points will come back around here in a minute. Uh, when you log time, so I can, I like yesterday, I posted, I went hunting for four hours. That gets me points. Um, if I leave gear reviews, that's valuable for the community. So it gets you points. Every time you share with the community and the community gets a story or gets something that can help overall, you get points. Um, you know, you, you, you share and uh, grow the community, invite a friend and they convert on your link. You get points, you buy something, you get points. And so leading into to the points system, we have this um, score on your profile and it's essentially, you know, you can kind of think of it like airline miles, but only they don't like uh, you don't cash them in. So it's really um, you're, you're really building up, you know, if we got any nerds on here that ever played like Mafia Wars or World of Warcraft, you know, you were always like leveling up. Right. So we built in a way to level up and it's really fun. Um, in fact, when you first get an account it's like, boom, 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 boom. You're getting all these level, uh, all this stuff. And you're like, holy crap, all this free stuff. I mean, but you're getting free stickers. You're getting gift cards. You can, you can win knives all from these reward systems off your profile score. So yeah, you know, you, you're, you you're earning up to a certain break point. Like my next one, I think right now is uh, 25. I can't remember what my score is. I think it's 25,000. I'll get another uh, break point. That's like a $25 gift card is my next thing. And that's no strings attached. That's a straight up $25 gift card that I'll unlock. Um, you know, we've unlocked a lot. We've given out like thousands of shirts uh, since we we started this yep. thing and ask me, they're like, they're like, dude, I, uh, I'm no dummy and I know you can't make money giving away this many shirts. What are you all doing? What are you thinking? And, um, my answer to that is that, you know, uh, every company has what's called an acquisition cost. And for us, you know, we really, uh, if, if me giving out some shirts and stickers is what helps people stick around to realize that the platform is unique and special, like that's fine. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, for us, if you stick around and, Uh, You decide you like shopping through us because maybe it's maybe you like that we donate 1% of our profits to Raising My Doors, which is a camp that teaches kids to hunt and fish. Like some that really resonates with some people. Other people just really like that they can mentor other people that are new, whatever it is. You know, if we can use that scoring system to help kind of pull you into it and kind of get you sucked into this idea of like, oh, this is different. You know, it's like the best way to force feed people into the platform and help them understand this isn't Facebook for the outdoors. So the score system and the reward system is super cool. Um, Honestly, right now, when this launches, uh, we're doing this guaranteed till the end of the year. If you create an account, you get $10. So- if for no other, what, what, we've been going for like, what, 20 minutes, guys, 24 yep. minutes. Uh, if if for nothing else, you you can make uh, uh, $4 for every minute you've listened here. Uh, or no, wait, uh, no, that's wrong. I'm bad at math. I did journalism school, guys. Sorry, I'm thinking $100. Uh, you can earn up to that gift card later. Uh, the $10, though, you know, you you're going to get a $10 gift card for just creating an account. So, uh, you'll, you'll get that, and then you quickly lock uh, the stickers and whatnot. So, as you go, you know, it's pretty, a pretty quick system. The other things you mentioned, Garmin. We do have a Garmin integration. It's pretty cool. You can, sh- can share your stuff uniquely. Um, we have a gear integration that I love. I think it's the coolest thing we've ever done.
0: Well, I love we gear. The- I love gear it just in general. Like, I'm that yeah. gear junkie when the new stuff comes out. Like, I'm not the... I, I like to say I'm not that person that says I, I need to have that. You know what I mean? um But I, I love just seeing what people run and how people could tweak things to their own and, and all that type of stuff. So having that little nice is is pretty cool. And I actually just bought something with my $10 voucher that Did I... Did you? Yeah. What so, you get? Well, I ended up... I, I, I needed some more... Uh, laundry detergent. And, uh, uh, you
1: bought the dead down wind stuff. I, I
0: did buy the Yeah. Dead we've down.
1: got those kits. They're a pretty good deal right now. I bought one too. I, my, my wife is not a fan of the gear thing. Cause you know, I, <laughs> this is embarrassing <laughs> to say, you know, who's in the top five spenders all time on go wild. Well, probably you It's me. And you know, who gets like more discounts than anybody? It's me. So like, imagine like, thank God I get some of the discounts that we get, uh, as we have a really awesome employee discount that I'll use sometimes. Um, but good God, I, I, I just bought like new Irish setter boots the other day. Cause we're on, I'm seeing all this stuff before it gets to you guys. Uh, like right now I'm sitting here looking at all this tethered stuff and I'm like, man, I've been wanting to get a, a, we just onboarded, we just got, we just onboarded tethered man. And I'm like, I've been wanting to get into saddle hunting and now I'm sitting here looking at it and you're like seeing everybody talking about it. Um, but what's cool is what you said, you know, if you're on the platform, you can unlock, um, we, when we hit tethered, we didn't even announce it. And all of a sudden we had started having tethered sales come through and like, how are people finding out about this? And I have no idea where they figured it out. Cause we didn't, literally we didn't announce it. It was just in there with 500,000 other products. And it's funny though, guys, told us, uh, I had a few guys message me. He's like, dude, I saw tethered hit the platform and I had that 20% coupon burning a hole in my pocket. So boom, like, I mean, yeah. they saved like, uh, uh whatever again, I, I probably shouldn't do math as I justified earlier of getting my $10 and hundred dollar <laughs> math confused. But I mean, they saved like a hundred bucks off their tethered stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, cause they bought everything. So, uh, you know, it is a really cool feature and my, um, sorry, I kind of cut you off. Got excited there. No, but no, no my favorite thing about the gear that we do is it's not just shopping. You know, when, when you tag that, uh, you know, if I tag my Irish setter boots that I used, um, it, my content now lives on that product. So you can see how other people are using it. Like if you look up a Garmin instinct, you can see that people are using that for a variety of different things. If you look up, um, the vortex Ranger 1800, you can actually dialogue with people that are real. They're proven real. It's like, you can't fake it very well in our platform because you have to have a social profile attached to it. It's not like Amazon where I can just create fake emails and just create reviews. I mean, I think the wall street journal just recently announced that like 30% of Amazon's reviews are fake, you know, and, and, we may eventually face that, but like we have a really strict authentication process and we err on the side of deleting people. So if we think you're spam and, and your accounts within seven days fresh, you're out. Like we just don't even, um, uh, we, we won't mess around with it. Um, so, uh, we're really proud of that too. Cause I think it gives us a leg up and it's like a really authentic place to just see what other people think about gear. That's sweet, man.
2: Well, that's what in, you know, going back to what you were talking about the app previously, you were talking about growing up and, and looking at magazines and really trying to learn about hunting. And I think a lot of us, you know, especially around the same age frame had had the same difficulties, you know, yeah. the, the only thing we really had to rely on were these magazines or the outdoor channel. But the problem with that is a lot of the information in that wasn't relatable to where you're hunting right you know so hunting the how you hunt (laughs) yeah so like public land in pennsylvania was so different than watching these people on tv or reading in the magazines hunting this farmland right you know so you were trying to adapt that to how you hunted in your area but it really didn't work out much right you know and i i until podcasts really came around where you could kind of diversify a little bit more tailored to your style, uh, you know, then you started to see that you were really gaining on, on becoming a better hunter. Right. You know, and so having this app where you can kind of, you know, it's all pieced together, right. To try to have it in one location, you know, even though now you have YouTube and podcasts, you know, it's still almost too much to kind of uh, surf through to figure out what's going to be best for you too. Right. It's sometimes going to say. It's yeah, sometimes it's- before it was not enough and now it's almost like an overload. Right. You know, so kind of diving in uh, where I see where the app could be very beneficial of, of kind of narrowing it down and finding very similar people um, that can help you out. Yeah. 90 seconds.
1: I mean, that's what we're talking about. You can be talking to someone who does what you love in your state in 90 seconds. Like it's from download from literally completion of download to create an account. It's that fast. Whereas like I do, um, I used to be a podcast junkie. I eventually traded them in for audiobooks. I just, I don't know. I just like, I went down a dive and I haven't come back up for air two years ago. Uh, I think I also for a while I was doing like six podcasts a month. <laughs> and we wound down like of our shows that doesn't count guests on shows and uh we wound down my old show restless native to focus on other content but um, i'm still doing like four a month and i think part of me is just burned out on it uh so i I don't want to listen to another podcast um it's like i got to get away from it but (laughs) i i do agree with you that when you can find one like if you're hunting in the south on public land and you want to saddle hunt And there's nobody better than Parker McDonald on Southern ground. Like the dude is your, your guy. But if you're like Texas private land doing a shooting house on high fence, like, I don't know that you'd like Parker's show. You'd have to find shows that talk about that kind of hunting. Uh, It's totally different. Right. And it takes work and um, it can be podcasts um, are, are where you'll find probably the most high quality content. If you put in that work because it's, it's long form conversation. People that are good at it. Don't cap it to 10 minutes. They don't cap it to 30 minutes or whatever They'll, You know, it, it's free fl- flowing like what we're doing now. Uh, but it, it definitely is the, the harder thing to find if you're new to it. Right. Right. Um, there's not a good service out there. Like what YouTube does for videos to, that'll recommend it to you. Um, Spotify, I think is catching up quickly on being able to recommend podcasts. You know, I, I, I subscribed to the hunting public, uh, and because we <laughs> transparently, cause we were running ads on there and I was like, I should check out and see what they're doing. Um, I like those guys a lot. We've worked with them some, uh, but, but, so like I subscribed to it and then all of a sudden I was getting other hunting shows recommended. Like that's the best I've seen. Cause otherwise like, dude, the Apple podcast app sucks. It's mm-hmm. so bad. Um, mm-hmm. nobody's doing any kind of algorithmic recommendation for that stuff. So like, it's really on you to figure it out. And like the time investment to listen to a show, who's this guest? What are they talking about? Like you might be 20 minutes in for you realize like, I don't care about this, you know? Um, so it's, it's, it can be great. And again, I'm a huge advocate. Go out is a huge advocate for podcasts. We love to support creators. Uh, but, but in terms of like rapid fire fast for, for what you said was uh, you know, for the person that didn't grow up with like, Papa, dad, uncle Jerry, everybody teaching me how to hunt. It, we, we hope, and our mission is to, you know, unlock the gate to the outdoors for everybody. So if you grew up in the Bronx and you got no contacts and have no idea how to do this, you can download go out. And I'm going to connect you to somebody upstate New York within 90 seconds. Like that's, that's the goal.
2: Now, how could someone go about using your app So for instance, like last year, we were going out to Utah for our first mule deer archery hunt. And, you know, the biggest thing we ran into is trying to find information about the area we were going to hunt. So the unit that we drew in, we didn't know much about it. We weren't able to get out there, put boots on the ground before we got out there. And, you know we did lots of online research of, you know, whether you're trying to find forums or, you know, where people maybe talked about this unit and it was very difficult. You know, we maybe found one or two forums um, which had a couple posts and was not helpful at all. Uh, So, you know, how could someone use that, especially for out of state (laughs) hunts where they're not able to do a lot of scouting?
1: You guys can see I'm laughing because you're like, you're hitting on something like I know it's a hole for us. And I actually, um, we have this cool feature on our chat system that you can log an idea. And, um, for uh, like, this was a year ago, I think we talked about cause I think I was on a podcast and someone asked me that question. And, um, I was like, dude, you should be able to look up the zip code. Cause really if you had near me, like the, like right now, if I do this, it's going to know I'm in Kentucky. If you flew out there and we're in that area and you hit near me, you could connect with other people. And what's even cooler. I didn't mention this earlier. Um, you guys can see this here uh, at the, at the top of the trail. Oh, it reloaded. Um, at the top, it tells you who's even the best of that thing. Uh, you know, at the top. So you you can connect with like the best person for what you're trying to do. Right. Um, but yeah, we need to build in what you're saying of, of like using a local city, a, a city or a zip code to where you can scout better. Um, what's funny the, the, uh, the way I would do this is just post and ask, like, Hey, uh, you know, I'm looking to connect with somebody in who's hunted, uh, East Arizona or whatever. I'm just making up stuff. I don't know anything about out West cause I've never hunted out there. Uh, but, or, or wherever in New Mexico or Eastern Oregon. Um, and I'm curious if anybody knows someone I could talk to, you'd be surprised on how many people will chime in and be like, Oh, if you, you want to do that, uh, you want to talk to so-and-so also hit up Cody Allison. Cause he lives in Oregon and, and the dude's catching like 30 pounds salmon all the time. And you should do that while you're out here. Like you'll get good recommendations by tapping into the community. And some of the most common feedback we get is people shocked at how familial, uh, as in, as in family, uh, the app feels it's a community, you know? Um, and I think we're, we're still young enough. I hope we can always keep this. I don't know how you do, or I I honestly didn't know that we would be so nice this many years in, but still it's a great, like the community is really respectful. Yeah. And, and so like, you do get a lot of people who will start tagging other people. Uh, like if you, you say you're going to Oregon and they know Jonathan, uh, Metcalf lives there or somebody lives in Washington, even it's like, Hey, do you know any members that are close? Um, it, it will get you there faster than, than just, you know, uh, posting on your Instagram account, but we don't have the best solution to what you just asked. And, and that's definitely a gap. So I just now logged it again as an idea so that we can readdress this.
0: It is time for this week's Vortex Nation Highlight.
3: hey what's up everyone this is troy dietrich from dietrich's outfitters and this week's vortex nation highlight is going to be about downloading your maps now what i'm talking about here is when you go to scout a new piece or hunt a new police piece when you're going in blind make sure you have your maps downloaded on your phone whether it's spartan forge or Onyx, whatever app you're using download those maps before you get to the spot I had a time recently where I was scouting a new location that was pretty much in the suburbs, wasn't too far outside of the town. But when I got there, I had no cell reception, so my OnX didn't work. I had to drive about 20 minutes back into town to download the map and then go back in scouting. So that's the tip of the week. Download those maps before you hit any place that you're going hunting or scouting for the first time, even if you are pretty certain that you'll have service you just might not never you might not ever know so uh download those maps and you can always delete them later if you had good service there. Have fun out there, guys. hope you knocked down a big one this week.
0: <laughs> one of the points or the website that we looked up weren't we already there and it just had like somebody posted like three days out as we were driving out there and we we're like oh great <laughs> we should have looked yeah. you know it just happened and uh the post basically said like oh you know for utv's galore you know good luck and all that type of stuff because uh, that's yeah. what we were that's what we ran into we we're like holy cow like we're looking on these maps and you know certain spots we wanted to scout we got out there the night before the evening before and we kind of drove around quick and yeah, that was a that was an interesting
1: experience to to say the least. Yeah, stuff can change once you get off that satellite.
0: Yeah, for sure. Now, I want to just ask you, uh, Brad. Like, now you've been doing this for five years. You're working with companies. You're working with individuals. You know, how has the like the go wild community, like you said, has been awesome, respectful? I mean, that's the thing that I've noticed just from the two weeks that I've been kind of interacting with it more, and and you know, just because I wanted something. exactly what you presented is exactly what I've been wanting to be involved with basically uh, on the side of, for me personally, one and two for our antler up podcast and, and our content. But how has working with other companies and industry, like just being in the
1: quote unquote industry, how's, how has that been? Um, honestly at times also super familial at times, a good old boy club. This, uh, I didn't come from the hunting industry and, uh, uh, I, I don't care to bring this up, uh, because the brands we work with were on the, they welcomed us and, Mm -hmm. and they've put money on us early. Um, Garmin should never have worked with us. You know, it's like, we're like on paper, You, you would have never, and dude, they, we started working with Garmin. We started talking to Garmin three weeks after I quit my full-time job, like 2018. Mm -hmm. So, and and we signed a, a deal with them to do, do the apps that we built with them, which we ended up taking that relationship a different direction eventually. But, um, you know, that was the summer of 2018. We had just launched Android in 2018. Um, so, uh, but they believed in us and, and they've treated us really kind and, um, gotten to be really good friends with them. And, and like the, uh, I think most of the industry is like that. You'll, you'll hear stereotypes of the outdoor industry though. And, uh, you know, I think, I think there's a whole lot of like people building up the industry and, you know, don't want to call out some of this behavior. Um, but, but it's there, man. And I I just think like it should be talked about because we don't want this stuff. We, you know, we want to bring in new blood, um, from any perspective uh, we want diversity. You know, I think, I think we want and it's and diversity and race and gender and uh, religious beliefs, whatever. I think it's, you know, I don't care about any of that stuff. If you want to go learn to shoot a deer, you know, it's like, right, oh, right. Dude, I'll, I'll take you right now, you know? Um, uh, and, and, and the bias bias sees, I guess is the, uh, that we've seen are less around any of that stuff. It's just, it's just, well, I don't know you you know, and there's a whole lot of that, uh, in, in some of the, the, the people who have been in the industry a long time. And I see it more on the firearm side than the hunting side. Um, and, and, uh, I don't think it's healthy. I don't think it's sustainable. I I think it actually is a lot of what pop culture or the, the left as a lot of people like to say, but I think a lot of that gets perceived pretty transparent. Like I, I don't think that's coming from nothing when people like people call out a lot of the behavior that they don't like, um, you know, of being uh, really abrasive and, and whatnot. And it, it, there's parts of that there, man. And yeah. um, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I had a guy one time, who said uh he's like, Man, it must have been real easy starting your company when you knew all these people in the outdoors. And I was like, dude, I didn't know anybody. I didn't even <laughs> know the outdoors was an industry because I was so stupid. Uh, you know, it's like I just never thought about it. You know, now I feel like I can see now where like people who are really into hunting and they see all this like influencer stuff and they think that like, oh, I'm gonna get sponsored and like none of that was on my radar, dude. I just wanted to kill a deer that had more than like six tines. You know, like, <laughs> that was all I wanted. Yep. Uh, so, so like I didn't have any connections. So I feel like I've come in with really fresh perspective and I've come in from working like in advertising, you touch every industry. I've worked in plumbing, construction, engineering. I've worked on art museums. I mean, I've done literally, you name it. I've, I've had alcohol clients, tobacco clients. I, I've done everything. And so you get a really good taste of a lot of what's out there. And, um, it's probably only about 15%, 10 to 15% of the industry uh, in the shooting side that has a lot of that animosity towards newcomers, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's there. And I think it speaks louder than, than uh, some of the people that have been so welcoming to us. You know, I mean, like federal ammunition has turned into such a wonderful partner for us. They believe in us. Um, We, we, if we come to them with an idea, it's never like, Oh God, what are you guys going to charge us this time? It's like, how do we do this? How do we help you guys that, you know, and, and we figured out together. Um, and, and that's like, that's been amazing. And uh, Vortex Optics has been a great partner for us. And and when I say these now, like uh, you know, some of these are sponsored like Vortex sponsors go wild and that they believe in the future of the platform and they want to be a part of it. Um, but it's the uh, people we've worked with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we know them, we've met them at shot show. We continue to stay in touch with those guys. Um, Vortex has, has worked with us in a variety of ways, but now they're one of the brands that sell through us and they wanted to be a part of it. And they, they knew like, we're not going to come out and, you know, outsell like, a, uh, you know, we're not a Walmart. Uh, we're not going to be like blowing up your, your sales, um, uh, we're still new and figuring it out and we're going to screw stuff up, but they believe in it. And there's a lot of that. And so like, uh, I just, I I would say most of my experience is good, but anytime um, somebody asks me about getting into it, I always tell them like, look, you're probably going to run into some porcupines who are, are prickly. Yeah. And I, like, I met a guy the other day who just like st- still five years into the industry steamrolled me in a meeting and was talking down to me and like, it happens, man. Like you got to be ready for that. And, uh, I think you have to just know that that's not everybody. Like I am now on the board of the professional outdoor media association and I have been for, um, it'll be two years this summer or no, it's, it's two years now. It'll be three years this, uh, some summer, summer, I think. Um, and the outdoor industry is amazing. Like everybody in Poma is amazing. they they, if I called up, almost any of our members. And then even if they don't know me, they would do something for me. Um, and I think it's mostly that, but I, I, um, the, the, the prickly ones are out there and I just think anybody that's getting into it should know that it exists and you shouldn't let it get you down. You know, we haven't, you know, I meet people that, or, or prickly and they'll, they'll talk down, Oh, Oh, you know, one of those social apps. Oh, okay. Whatever. What do you guys want? You know, it's mm-hmm. like, I mean, I've had that. I've had it on the archery side. I've had it here and there. It's on the hunting side too, but you know, you just gotta let that stuff. And, and I'll say that's any industry will have, you know, assholes in it. Yep. Um, 100%. Uh, it, it's not just the shooting industry, but I, you know, I, I, I hear some people talk about everything, like it's cupcakes and rainbows and it's, it's not, but I, I, I will say that like, the brands that we've met and continue to work with and the brands you see us you know selling on our platform or working with as advertisers like they're they're great people because we have a no asshole policy ourselves. You know, I I've fired clients who technically owed us money, but I don't, I'm not going to make my team work with people like that. So, right. Well, I'll tell you what I think. And it's something that Dimitri and I
0: had the opportunity to do two years ago, going to the PA outdoor show is, you know, how vital and, and important it is to actually meet people like shake hands. And
1: you know, I, is that the great American outdoor show or is that? Yep. You, yep. Okay. I didn't know. Cause you guys got the local slang on it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, uh, I mean, that's just because sorry put it this way. When we went to that show, Brad, we, we just started our podcast. We had antler up, we were doing like video stuff. we were doing the content like on Instagram and pictures and all that type of stuff. Uh, and then we came up with the idea where, I mean, even we wanted to start a podcast that fall, but obviously hunting and, you know, just trying to figure things out, equipment and all that stuff. And we just said, Hey, how about like the first of the year? Like once that, uh dimitri was it 2020 yes okay so like that january i was at that show yeah before you know before pre-february fe- yeah yep mm-hmm. so like you know covid didn't hit just yet basically and we came up with the idea of okay starting
1: it was, it was my second to last show yeah, yeah you're right <laughs> yeah. yeah so I it said, was like things were squirrely but you're still shaking hands but yeah you're Also, like where's the hand sanitizer yeah. at?
0: <laughs> so we just you know we wanted to have a what Dimitri was saying earlier, a, you know, let's talk PA, let's talk about this. And so it just kind of grew and we had a chance to shake hands and meet individuals and got a chance to see who we are. And, uh, you know, it just kind of snowballed and it's been awesome. And I love, I think anybody trying to start anything is just to do it. Uh, you know, you're going to fail and, and have a lot of success doing it. And even your fa- failures are going to be little successes. Like,
1: Oh dude, if, if anybody follows me on, uh, uh, so I'm only active on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and go wild now. Mm-hmm. I've deleted, I uh, just recently deleted my Instagram. I deleted Facebook three years ago. And I, I post different content on each platform. And my LinkedIn is very much what you're talking about of sharing the business side of what we do. And uh, I don't really believe in failures. Um, you know, eventually companies fail. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no company has ever made it in perpetuity uh like and historically they've all fallen right right uh you know eventually um something might get facebook one day and and they seem too big to fall now but um there's been a lot of giants yahoo uh was a huge huge organization that um you know it, it fell uh hard um it can happen. And I think in, in the moment, it feels like it can't, it feels like Amazon can't be stopped. It feels like, you know, all this momentum in the world can feel like, um, uh, it, it won't. And, and that is like the ultimate, like that. Yes, that's failure. But, but what you said, you know, we, we, when, when, we were, before we started doing the gear sales, we pitched a lot of companies for sponsorships and you don't get a lot of them. And I mean, I'm talking, I've flown to cities. I've, I've bought dinners. We've done the whole thing schmoozing and, when you don't get something it hurts and, um, it feels like a failure, like you said, but really, you know, there's, it's like, well, what did we learn from this? Like, maybe we shouldn't, like, there's been deals that I'm glad we didn't win because it would have probably killed the company. Cause we would have tried to be doing something that we shouldn't have been doing to, to have made money. You know, right. we, we would have tried to build a product that maybe wasn't in the best interest of the, the member. And, and, you know, but, but we learned from that and I think, uh, you know, actually, you'll, you'll see me talk a lot on LinkedIn about we, we've really thoughtfully built a culture around being okay to fail. And, and, and if you're not failing as part of what you're doing, you're not Learning. really trying anything new. Mm-hmm. You're not trying anything new. And with no risk, there's no reward. You know, if, if you have a company that everybody on the team, and this is anything, guys. This is like literally anything. I don't care if you're a plumber. And uh, people may think like, oh, that doesn't apply to me. No, you're a plumber. And your boss wants to know uh, how many jobs you think you can get done. And, you know, or, or, you know, maybe it's the size of the job, you're quoting something and, and you're like, safely padding everything you're not taking any risk into account or you're going to try something new, a new skill that you've never applied before. Uh, cause it could make the job 20% more efficient, but you're going to have to spend a couple weekends learning how to do it. I'm just making stuff up. I don't, I don't know enough about plumbing to really say, but like, let's just go with this in that example. You know, you, if you have a culture that just always says like, well, no, we're just going to, you know, uh, you know, we try to try to set low expectations and we can deliver on that. Like, you're, you're, you're going to continue to live in mediocrity, right? You're, you're going to continue to not grow. You're essentially going to plateau, you know, maybe you'll have like 5% growth a year, uh, just natural referrals. Um, but it can, that's like on the good side of that kind of attitude. So at, at our company, we really, um, we hire on this premise of, of having a a culture that is bold, restless, agile, visionary, and empowered. And if you, spell out those words. It spells brave. It sounds, it sounds hokey, man. But, um, I really believe we need brave employees to work for us. We're a startup, you know, there's a chance we all wake up next year one day and the company failed and we got to go find other jobs. Like I tell my whole team, you know, this is not a sure thing. It's not a slam dunk. You're not going to work for Walmart. You're not going to work for Amazon. Um, very much could fail. Uh, we also, um, I emphasize that last one of empowered of really having a company culture that is letting people take chances and, and feel like they can pull the brake if they feel like they can improve something within the uh, within the platform. So, you know, that, uh, that whole thing earlier that I said, we have an idea thing that tracks ideas. Anybody can submit to that. That's not just the CEO. Every level of employee can submit to that thing. It's like a suggestion box, a digital suggestion box. And, um, you know, everybody gets to be a part of that and everybody gets to be a part of weighing in on the, uh, what we want to do and taking those risks. So, uh, just, just from a leadership perspective, I'm really, really big on having a culture that is, uh, allows for that failure and, and, and encourages discussion around, you know, if, if, if you pitch an idea and we're like, eh, too safe, you know, we want to have a culture that can tell you that your idea sucks.
2: Yeah. So a cool, man. I like it. Well, I don't even think the hunting industry needs that in general. You know, I think we've talked about this plenty on the podcast is you know, you, you go into some forums and, and there's people, you know, bashing other hunters, right. Or, yeah. you know, criticizing them because they do something different than they do. Right. Or shoot a smaller buck than they would shoot. Right. Because, yeah. But you know, it's like, we got to come together. Right. Cause there's a bigger fish that are taking us, trying to take us all down. Right. Yeah. You know, it's just not each other. So, you know, I think that's to a lot of people need to become a community, right. You know, whether, you're a crossbow hunter or you're a compound hunter or you're a recurve hunter. Well, you know, we all like to hunt, right? It's just we do it a little bit different because that's what we enjoy doing.
1: Yeah. There's several styles of, or like uh, flavors of hunting that are not for me. But dude, on our, our platform, like literally, if it's legal, you're allowed to do it. You can post, you can share. Um, our, our OG members understand that. And, if they see people chastising somebody for a spike buck, they'll tell them like, dude, we don't do that here. Get out. You know, that's again, pulling from Reddit. I don't know how we got to that point, but like Reddit's also that kind of place. People <laughs> self-police. Um, a lot of times when people ask me, how do we have such a good wealth, well uh, moderated platform? I'm like, dude, honestly, most of it moderates itself. Like people, people really try to understand the vibe of what the community was intended to do. And, uh, and, and we have some guys who, I'll get messages from people be like, Hey dude, you got to go look at, you know, Jay Smith's post cause people are trolling it and he needs th- those guys need to be taken care of. And we'll look at it. And I mean, we've deleted people. It's in our terms. If you, if you're a troll, if you're spam, you know, we don't, it's funny because a lot of people say like, Oh, this is a first amendment platform. And it's like, it is like, it is to a point, but we also don't allow assholes. Like yeah. I, it's just like, I, I will be, your first amendment platform where like, yes, we all love guns. We can post a gun, you can show all the guns you want. I'm not TikTok, I'm not gonna censor it. Bring on the gun content. We love that. But if you're you know going to chastise a guy for shooting a 30 out six because you think he should be shooting a 270 and he's shooting too much gun, and you're gonna make fun of him for an ethical take, we take issue with that. And you know, we try to give warnings to let people have a chance for a path to redemption. But, you know, if it persists, you're out. We had a, well, we had a guy come in, and uh, he was violating our content policy for spam in that he was messaging hundreds of people a day, hundreds, <laughs> to go follow his YouTube page. I personally messaged him, and I, I said, hey, man, you seem like a nice guy. I just want you to know I could have deleted you already because you're violating this rule. And, and we don't even in the policy, if you just get mul- multiple reports of spam, you can be deleted. It doesn't matter if it's real or not. Like, and we have it that tight because we can still evaluate it and we can make a decision on if it's justified. And I said, you know, just with you getting reported is enough. Um, but I, I see what you're doing and I know it, I get you're trying to grow your YouTube channel, but that's not like, we're here to protect the value of the community overall. And he's like, Oh, it's my right to use this platform. Like, Boom. No, it's not. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're out. <laughs> it's like he kept doing it. It's like you know. So because we we really are trying to watch out for the overall community. Yeah. And um, you know, it's it's uh, it so it's like it's funny because it's it is First Amendment, and it's like I want to be that, but also at the same time, like there's there's a point where like you tread into a, terri- a territory we don't tolerate.
0: Right. Awesome, dude. Well, you were talking about uh, obviously with the gear, and you mentioned about tethered and and saddle and you know, you talked about, you want to get into it. What, what intrigues you, what intrigues you about the saddle? I've been hunting. This is my second year. I went full fledged. Dimitri's going first year with it himself. Uh, you know, what, what intrigues you, uh, most about it?
1: So I've got this property that I hunt. Um, I, I, I used to hunt a lot, uh, publicly and back home. And there's obvious, like when I hunt back home on public, the spot I've got like, and I'll probably hunt it again for rifle this year, year i think i'm going to be back home for a weekend and uh we'll probably hit it um which wouldn't be the the saddle but like i'll probably be back in there and for archery i mean it would just be so nice because i hike two miles or no i I think it's a mile to the spot and there's like a just a, a ton of elevation it's i mean it's mountainous it's it's the appalachian mountains again um And and this is, uh, very close to the highest mountain. Um, one of the highest mountain ridges on these coast. It's a lot of elevation and, and like, I currently have a climber that is old. I think it was like forged by a blacksmith in like 1897. (laughs) It's it's like, it feels like it's that heavy. Um, it's probably thirty years old. Uh, it's like so old and outdated, and it works for how I use it now, which is it's been sitting out in Shelby County, Kentucky, for two years. I just leave it out there, uh, which is surely terrible for the seat. But um, you know, it's, it is what it is. Uh, but you know, it's fine for that. But when you're when you're hiking in, it's brutal. And so, like that, for one thing, like just the pure mobility factor and the weight factor is interesting to me but the other thing is I hunt um I hunt uh, about 60 acres here in uh um the Louisville area um now out in Shelby County Kentucky and it's about 30 minute drive from my house and it's a a long 60 some acre uh plot very narrow wood lines on each side and depending what the wind does the property can get really tricky and The, the, the two buddy stands that are set up on it. One of them is in an ideal wind wind condition, but it's, it's not in a good spot for deer activity. It's in the corner of the field. The other one is in a good spot for good activity. I know this from trail cameras, but the problem is this time of year, you're usually getting a a Southern wind and it blows right into where they come out. So, um, not always, but, but a lot of times it's blowing right into that, uh, those game trails. And so if I had a, uh, a saddle, I would have a lot of flexibility with this property because once you get in, it actually opens up really nice. It's not a thick, like it's, it's not a ton of cover. I I could get in and get up in a tree well and hunt over some of the cover that's there over this Creek. What I figured about this property is, um, there's, and if you, you know, kind of take the zoom out on the satellite one, one of, um, at the back end of the 60 there's like this knuckle that comes out of tree line and and it's on a Creek and, and they're, they're coming through there on all of these properties. The, The two of the biggest deer I've ever seen in person were right there at this, this knuckle of tree line and transition. And it, I have a stand right there right now. Um, but if the wind shifts or it's like, it's such a commitment that freaking climber, man, and they're so loud. Um, I I would like the ability to just move even 60 yards sometime one way or another would make a difference with the wind. Um, because, because it's such a small area I'm trying to make use of. Right. And, and and right now where I've got, I've got it in the best tree for that climber. Um, and again, I just kind of leave it there. Cause at least I'm not like coming in and breaking branches with it coming down. I can get down to it fairly quietly and I can, you know, you can't really get up in a tree with a climber quietly, but, um, but I would like to be able to move a little bit better to be able to work that Creek line. Cause again, three properties come to a head right there and they're all farmed. And so there's no, no deer comes through that area without coming through this transition point, uh, right here on these three properties. Um, And, and again, like the last night of archery before rifle, uh, a few years ago, I was sitting there, the, the 11 point I had on camera came in behind me and he was blowing and like scraping and and like, uh, or he was just going to town, like making a ton of noise. It's like peak red activity. I had a massive old eight point come in. And then they start going at it over the, in the field edge where I want to be able to Drop a saddle. It's not where my my uh, climber is right now. And then I look up in the neighboring property, and there's a. I I thought it was a freaking cow, but it was a buck. And I couldn't. I'm not good on inch. I can't be. It was a 200. I have no idea, yeah. dude. Like I've never <laughs> measured a deer in my, that I've killed in my life because I don't care. Um, but massive deer. I could see what I thought was about 14 points on it with my binoculars. And he's dogging this doe down into there. They're all three down in there, and I'm like, holy crap! Like every freaking buck in this area is traveling along this 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 creek bed because it it is thick. It's uh it's the only cover w- within like four or five farms right there. And I'm like, man, if I had that saddle, I could play the wind so much better. I could probably get in there a lot quieter. Um, cause I could probably make do with some different trees than what I'm working with now on that climber. So I just like the flexibility of it, man. I've, I've done all these podcasts with like Parker and Bo Martonic and, um, these, these guys have got, got me sold on it. So, yep. um, I've been influenced by the influencers.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I, I'll tell you what I've, for me, the last year and a half, I mean, the last two hunting seasons, I guess you could just say what you just described is the main reasons why for me I love it and just get up faster quieter just to get in those little areas that you're kind of restricted with like with other systems I mean even those lightweight hang-ons I mean it's still cumbersome you know what yeah. I mean and uh, did, I feel like
1: that I would I think I would feel safer too man I don't yeah. like sitting in, I don't like sitting in a climber dude
0: 100 100% that is also too that's like my top second what, you know, things because I'm, I, I used to be afraid of heights. I mean, I still am when it comes to certain things, but for some reason I could climb any tree with my saddle and feel totally fine. Now, four, three years ago, if you asked me to go up to the, my hang on, that was lock on, that was on the tree for the last year. And we checked the cam buckles. I mean, climbing up, dude, I'd, I would get up on that on the platform and just be like, Whoa, get that vertigo kind of feel. But yeah, I mean, I, I love the safety. I just love the mobility and the flexibility. Dimitri, what have you found? Uh, I mean, how he, you know, Brad was mentioned about like that lightweight. I mean, just looking at your setup, even compared to mine is just night and day even.
2: Well, that's what the biggest thing for me is always taking that climber into the woods was just so heavy on my back. And that's what I grew up doing since I was probably 12 or 13. We always had a climber. And then you could throw a backpack on top of it. And my back was always sore and we, we always had quite a bit of a walk, uh, to these spots. I mean, hunting the mountains and, you know, the lightweight that I've had this year is just, I mean, it's basically (laughs) feels like I have a backpack on, you know, and I have a pretty small day pack that I carry and I have my sticks and my platform and just thrown on that saddle. We've done a lot of hunts after work you know so how easy it is to to kind of get into the saddle change get in the saddle throw that backpack and then you're out in the woods you know and we've been biking into a lot of our spots this year so you know it would be very hard, difficult with a with a climber but you know the biggest thing for me is is you know find like you said finding that tree that you can get into i was so limited before of trying to find that perfect bean pole, right? That you're able to climb up. They your your climber's not going to be tilted up or down too far when you got up there because you can't adjust it once you kind of get up 20 feet, right? It makes it more difficult. Um and I also don't like having to have the safety harness behind me, right? You know, like on uh Saturday, right? It started raining while we were in the stand. So I was just able to take my jacket out of my backpack and throw it on. Right. And it doesn't matter. You have the saddle on, right. You know, if you would had that with a tree stand harness, you know, you're either just putting it on top and you can't put your hood up because yeah. uh, you, have you have your, Yeah. So, and then if you have done strap, right, you know, you don't feel safe unstrapping the the feed it through. If you do have that pass through, um, in the stand. So it just, I mean, that's a little thing that I thought was pretty beneficial. You just throw that coat on and you're good to go and it doesn't change anything the way you're hunting. Yeah. I,
0: if you could get a chance, man, I'm telling you, try them out. The guys at tether two are, are, are number one, man. I'd, I had uh I ran two, Dimitri was with me on one our last one that we did, but I ran two uh teach and train tour events for them. I, we did a outside of Philly one where the guys from Tether were there at the event and then Dimitri and I hosted one here in our local little three D shoot area uh in central Pennsylvania and I mean just awesome guys to work with and deal with and uh yeah, so I would definitely reach out and they're they're good people, man.
1: Yep. That's if you go wild, you can
0: get a discount on them. Yeah, there you go. And and listen, that's the only way you could probably get a discount on tether because they don't. Right now, they do have a sale going on, but that's the briefly. Briefly, that's probably, the, maybe
1: by the time this airs, it might even be done.
0: It might even be done because I, I. They always say they never run sales, so there you go. No, I
1: I just talked to them this morning uh, because we were asking about that, and um, you know they're like, yeah, it's going to be short though. Yeah, right? it's like literally going to be over, and it's not. <laughs> it's not like it's that big. I mean, you're no. talking maybe 20 bucks. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, any something that's 40 bucks, you're saving $7. So I'll
1: tell you what, I appreciate a brand that like understands our value though. and, and yeah. doesn't just discount the crap out of everything. Um, you know, you, you get into being the Macy's of uh, anything and you, it's not a good spot to be. Yeah. That's why Macy's didn't isn't panning out so well. Yeah.
0: What, um, what, uh, what uh, you said, you only been out one time so far. What does the, the rest of the hopeful, the rest of the season look like for you?
1: So I, I will be going out, um, all weekend on open for rifle. Um, I've got, so like typically what I'll do is I'll, it's hard for me to get out for a whole day. Mm -hmm. I'll just cause I got kids and, uh, a wife that works night shift and, um, it's tough with, especially with a company. Yeah. Uh, So what I'll do, I'll usually go out like I did yesterday and hunt from, you know, sunrise until 10 or 11. And I can be, I can take half a day basically. And then I can make that up throughout the week of, of working, you know, a couple hours here and there at night. Um, Not that we care, like go out super cool. We try to have a culture that lets people do outdoor stuff. I mean, we'll buy your hunting license and your fishing license and, Backcountry camping and all that stuff. Um, it's part of what we like really try to encourage people to go outside. Uh, so no, I, I don't like, I don't go out and worry that people are judging me, um, you know, for, for not being at work. And, uh, but the plan is right now I have probably five days where I have those half days, either in the morning or the afternoon before gun season starts. Cause, uh, I don't know about you guys, but here, I'm sure it's the same for you all. The, the, like once, once that first shot goes, it's all different. Nothing ever goes back in (laughs) rhythm. Um, And, and I feel like your best chance to kill a big buck, um, uh, that's not just like super alert on, and and like, like the deer I shot, the buck I shot last year um, was five minutes left of shooting light. And he was running from like World War Three. <laughs> I, I, we had, I, dude. I, I always count shots in the morning on opening day. I just, just to pass time. Like forty three before eight a.m. was the record, and and it was a hundred last year, and I heard two hundred shots throughout the day, and so this deer came running in. It was like, <laughs> and then I, I heard that five minutes before he came in and there was five minutes left of legal shooting light. Cause I had just texted my wife. I said, I'm not, I'm not getting out of the stand early. I did that two days ago and a deer walked right up to my stand after I went to get my camera, I turned around to see a deer standing at my stand. So I'm not moving. And so I waited and then he came out and, um, he, uh, was, was coming from the woods and I knew he was going to hit my scent line. I was waiting on it and he hit it and I saw him like, (laughs) like he hit a wall and he stopped and he locked up and he's like, well, that's not good, but it can't be worse than what's behind me. And so he like proceeded and I shot him 20 yards later. (laughs) Um, but, but you know, that that's indicative of how every deer, actually the, the big deer I had on camera last year, I think it was that big 11 point, um, that I had seen, um, No, this was it. No. And then I'm getting my ears confused. I had a massive buck on camera last year and I saw him go running across totally freaked out that morning and he got shot. I heard him get shot across the property. (laughs) I mean, there was just deer freaking running everywhere. It's like, I, I don't, and I don't, I really haven't noticed that it ever settles back into like being calm like it was before. So I try to get in most of my hunts before rifle season starts. Yeah. Do you do you
0: like hunting mornings compared to the evenings?
1: No, I would rather do evenings because I I like yesterday morning. I pulled up and there's five freaking deer standing there, and I just pushed them the whole way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got about three quarters of mile walk to my stand, and I was pushing them the whole way. I don't really get worried about that um, on public or on private, like where I hunt, because my experience. Um, those deer will just kind of they'll start, they, they stay, they, they seem to stay pretty tight to, uh, those comfort spots they have. Cause there's no, there's not as much pressure. Whereas like, if those have been deer on public, I think they would have been just gone because there's so much pressure hitting them. But in archery season, um, like right now, nobody's out there. They're, they're probably getting bumped by like farmers, but they're not, they're running. Cause I was strange. They're not running cause they're used to something shooting at them right now. Right. And, um, so I don't, I, and last year, even on, even on opening day of, of rifle, I had the same buck. He's a little, I think he was a four key, like a four a little four point. He came through three times throughout the day. It's like, they, they, I just don't think they, I think people get it in their head that these deer are going to run off and run like five miles and never look back. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think they do that. And the more I've learned uh, talking to Bill Thompson with Spartan Forge he's got the data that shows, mm-hmm. I mean, they stay, they're going to stay pretty close to the comfort zone until rut hits. Yep. And so depending on the time of year, like I know that those, those, and they did, they did this morning. Um, I, I busted, there was about, from what I could tell, there was like three or four does and a couple fawns and they, they started coming back out. Uh, they're just out of shot range. And and one of the, the does was with a fawn that like looked like it was still nursing. It was so young. Uh, And I was like, I'm not shooting that. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, as a parent, like, I just, this is where I get like a little emotional. I'm like, I can't do it, man. I just like, feel bad about it. Like I'm sitting here looking at this fawn. that's probably going to sit there while I like field dress its mom. And, um, I don't know, like as overpopulated as they are, I just haven't brought myself to do that yet. Yeah. If it was a wild hog, it'd be one thing, but like, for some reason I can't do it with a doe.
0: Yeah. That's good stuff, Brad, dude. I, I, I greatly appreciate this conversation. I've really enjoyed it. It brings up some good points and I'm anxious to see what else you got going on for the, for the year and everything like that.
1: Thanks, man. We didn't even get it on the censorship rant, rant, So we'll have to uh, we'll have to do another show and talk just about that.
0: Hell yeah, man. I'm I'm all down. <laughs> I'm down for that. We'll uh, we'll let's let's reconvene though for sure because this is uh, I think there's so many so many more different topics that we've yet to even touch upon. And like I said, man, I you guys are doing a really good job. I got my free T-shirt coming into mail, and nice. uh, yeah, I, I, I unlocked that. I just randomly went on last night, and uh, I was like, boom, got a you got a free or a free T-shirt? Go do that. So
1: yeah. Pro tip: You definitely want to get on there soon and get posting because uh, we've realized the T-shirt reward may be too early in the process. Because, yeah. <laughs> dude, I mean, we're just sending out like boatloads of these yeah. things. The poor, the poor mail lady, um, Sonia. Oh, poor Sonia. Uh, <laughs> we we I mean, we load up her truck and she has to go dump her truck early in the day. It's been that bad. So nice. uh, it. Get on there and get your free T-shirt because we're probably gonna make that a little bit harder. <laughs> nice,
3: no,
0: that's good stuff, man. Well, thank you. Where could people obviously find Go Wild app and uh, more about you and and some other stuff?
1: Yeah, so if you go to downloadgowild.com, you'll see download icons for iOS or Android. The um, either one, you know, whatever whatever you want to do, you can also log in on web. Um, I'll tell you, the web is not quite as uh, robust as the the phone platforms are. And, um, you know, we've just been on the apps longer. We launched the website last year, so it's catching up very quickly. But, uh, you know, I think I always tell people, I think the best way to do it is on the phone. Mm -hmm. So, so download go you know, uh, create an account. You'll get that free $10 under your account. And the other thing I always think is fun on podcasts. And I truly mean this, you're going to sign up and you'll get an automated DM from me. And so everybody gets this and, uh, it's, it's funny because I get people to respond and say, um, you know, you know, is this really Brad or whatever? And, and I see all the replies. So I love it when people tell me what podcasts they listen to. And it, so if you guys can tell me, uh, you know, that, that you heard it on from Andler up, uh, uh, that'd be really cool. I'd, I'd love to hear that you heard it from the show. Um, you know, you can ask questions. I'll answer them. It's all really me. I don't have like a person hired to do that. Uh, I, I really enjoy talking to the members and, uh, I'm going to do that as long as I, as long as I possibly can. So, uh, if you, if you'll, you know, correspond with me there, that's great. I, I mentioned I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on go wild. Those are the only two platforms you'll find me. Uh, you'll find me pretty quick if you download go wild. So we, we look forward to seeing you guys there.
0: Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. Go check it out, go download it. And Brad's not lying. Cause that's how, uh, I got him on the show. So, <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> uh, so go check it out. Thanks everybody for listening. See you next week. Antler up. And that's a wrap for another episode of the Antler Up podcast. Thank you so much for checking us out. Be sure to head on over to www.antlerupoutdoors.com. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and obviously now our Go Wild app uh, group that we have going on over there. So thank you so much, everybody, again, for your continued support. We're almost at 100. We're planning on some giveaways, doing some cool stuff for you. Just thank you so, so much. Best of luck to you. The rut's almost here. As Jim DiAgostino would say, the rut is in gear. It's about to happen. So thank you, everybody, so, so, so much.
1: Till next time, Antler up.